Welcome to the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Mo, And this is The Mormon. We are here again. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. I am back in my hometown of Chico, California. You are still in Salt Lake City. How are things over there since I left um, on Friday? <laughs> still still Mormon as ever. Uh, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Outstanding. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's about the same. Uh, it is a bummer that we can't do this podcast live again because that, that was so much fun. Um, but this makes this a whole lot easier to edit for me because we're not picking each other's vocals up in the background. So editing this podcast is going to take me about half the time that it took to uh, to edit the other ones. So oh, yeah. I'm excited yeah. about that. Hey, before we get started, I want to say thank you to all the listeners. We've been reading some of your comments on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for the reviews and the listens. And just a quick reminder, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Get in on the conversation. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know your thoughts. But thank you for the listens, the subscriptions, and all that good stuff. Yeah, you guys are cool. We appreciate it. Um, Today, we have a fun conversation. Mitch and I were talking last week about baseball and uh, about the Hall of Fame and what it like what it takes to get into the Hall of Fame. And every sport is different in this aspect. Uh, we were talking specifically about baseball, so we're going to get into some stats, some numbers, uh, some trends, I guess, that we've seen that basically uh, – mean that that somebody what 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 somebody has to do in a career in order to make it to the hall of fame uh so yeah we have a lot of numbers a lot of research that went into this and we're just gonna kind of throw some stuff out there uh talk Wait, about don't it. worry don't get scared when he throws the word numbers out there this is not gonna be i mean it's gonna be a little nerdy but nothing like the last time where we broke all this stuff down this is more of a casual baseball conversation if you're a baseball fan i feel like you have this conversation frequently with your friends who are also baseball fans yeah absolutely i I, you know yeah it's not it's not super super nerdy it it is a little bit so yeah (laughs) but (laughs) it's a fun conversation and like mitch said uh i think this is something people think about you know like why does one guy get in why doesn't another what is the minimum requirement like if i was gonna build an m an mlb player and have him play 20 years like what's this what's the the level i have to hit in order to get that guy to the hall of fame and that's what we're going to talk about today so stick around and we'll be right back Welcome back. Let's get started. Um, I think really quick before we get going, since it's over, we don't have to talk about it. Thank um, goodness. But the Dubs swept the Cavs. I mean, that's what we had been saying, right? We said they were yeah. going to sweep, and they went out and gave us the sweep. So I think that's about that's about all we have to talk about that, right? Yep. It was an ugly game four. Uh, it wasn't even close. And now everything on ESPN is about all the different possibilities of where LeBron is going to go this summer. So I'm just, you yep. know, 
I'm glad it's over. It was, I mean, it was an entertaining series for most of the games, I will say, and some really cool individual performances by players, but it was, like Mitch said, the outcome that everybody expected and predicted, and now we can just look forward to the possibilities of next season. So, yeah. That's right. That is about it. So let's talk some baseball, Mitch. So uh, this this is one of my favorite conversations to have, by the way, is Hall of Fame eligibility. Like, how eligible is someone to get into the Hall? So I'm super stoked. I'm super stoked for this conversation. I'm glad. I'm glad you're excited. It is. It is a very fascinating thing um, because the individual story of every player is so different, and I think that to me is the underlying thing in all of this is that every player that makes the Hall of Fame in any sport has an underlying story, a narrative. And, like, that is part of what makes this player Hall of Fame worthy. But behind all that is numbers and stats and a certain level of achievement that everybody has gotten to. So, real quick, to give you guys a little background, Mitch and I went out to watch uh, the Stanley Cup Finals last week. I think I'm pretty sure it was last Monday. We're recording this on Monday. So, it was, like, a week ago. And we were watching the MLB draft going on at the same time, and there were highlights, uh, and there was a highlight about Aaron Judge. So we were talking about Aaron George, Judge and how much he mashes, like he just mashes, and the fact that he's also not that good of a hitter, like his batting average isn't super good, he has a ton of strikeouts. And so I, po- I posed this hypothetical question of, like, how bad can I bat and still make the Hall of Fame? Like, if I hit X amount of home runs, if I hit 600 home runs, and I bat 240 for my career, like, could I still make the Hall of Fame? Like, am I am I worthy enough to make that? And, like, where that threshold is. So that was the original conversation we had, and then that turned into a lot of, like, uh, just general Hall of Fame talk and, like, the requirements. And so we've done some research, and we're just going to kind of get into this. Yeah, we're just going to wing it. We're just going to see where this conversation takes us because there's so much that goes into a Hall of Fame discussion that you can't plan this out. You kind of just have the the discussion, which I that's what I'm super excited about. And I think you guys are going to enjoy it because it's just completely organic. There's nothing scripted here. We are just talking. So let's get into it. Yeah. Okay, so I want to I start real quick. So I may I looked at the list – First off, because we were talking in our discussion, we were mainly talking about guys uh, who are members of the 500 club, which is uh, all MLB players that have hit 500 home runs. And there's 27 of them. So I took that list, wrote it all out. I kept try. I tracked uh, the amount of home runs that everybody had, their batting average at the end of their career, the number of hits and their war, um, which is wins above replacement. And then also like general stats like gold gloves, MVPs, all stars. Uh, rookie of the year, if you were like a triple crown winner, any of that. So I kind of just like tracked all this random information. And I put this all in a list. Of the 27 people in the in the 500 club, only 18 are in the Hall of Fame, which means that nine of them are not. Only one of those players is an active player, which is Albert Pujols, and he is most definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, I almost practically counted him in anyways, but for the sake of the argument, I, I kept him out because I didn't seem fair, but he will be a Hall of Famer when he ends his career. Um, And other than that, 
the majority of the guys on here, like Bonds, A-Rod, Sosa, McGuire, are tainted by the steroid era, and that's probably why they're not in the Hall of Fame. But there was certain requirements, I guess, to get into this 500 club and to be a Hall of Famer. So I took the, the, the batting average um, for all 27, the average of all of them was a 291 batting average, which was surprising. I thought, I thought it would be a little bit lower. Um, but most of these guys were hitting 290, if not 300, for their whole career, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what you would have thought, Mitch. Would, would you have thought that would have been lower than 291? Or... Um, no, well, I, I expected kind of a mixed bag. Because um, uh-huh. there are guys like uh, Mike Schmidt, who had 548 career homers, um, probably the best third baseman of all time. Um, he only hit 267. I mean, he wasn't, yeah. I mean, he was kind of a true power guy and known for his glove. So no, I, I expected more of a mixed bag. I think the lowest batting average up there was Harmon Killebrew, who is kind of like MLB's version of Jerry West. Like everyone kind of assumes that Harmon Killebrew is the logo. Um, that's kind of the theory. It's people have proven it. Yes. Proven it. No, but, um, he hit 573, but his batting average was 256. Yeah, um, it's not good. But something, <laughs> yeah, but, but also something re- I'm going to bring up later is uh, players in different eras. So we'll get to that later. But for sure. Uh, no, and I kind of expected a mixed bag. Yeah, well, that's kind of part of what makes this difficult. So when you're comparing current players and possible players that will make it into the Hall of Fame, you do have to look at their peers or the most recent Hall of Fame inductions and kind of compare that way. Because when you're comparing guys from the 2000s to guys in the 1960s, like it's a whole different game. It's a whole different style. There's so much difference in the way the game is played nowadays that they don't compare. And well, it's, it's yeah, you can't you can't compare them. And I'm I'm gonna use a player that is super that is like could be the poster child for don't compare players from different eras that you can't compare players from too far different eras. Um, so I'm going to bring up the player. He was inducted in 1955. His name is home run Baker. He played from 1908 to 1922 um, for the Philadelphia athletics and New York Yankees. Um, he had the nickname Home Run because he was, at his time, the big power hitter. I mean, he dropped bombs. He had a staggering 96 career home runs. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Stig- wow. stag- he, was his- he had the nickname Home Run and hit 96 career home runs. He never hit more than 12 in a season. Wow. Now, the point- my point to this is you have to look at the era he was playing in. Back in the early 1900s, it was a dead ball era. Guys did not hit the ball out. Babe Ruth was a, when he came in, I guess it would have been 1918. Would No, earlier than that, 1915, 16 area. When Barry, or, uh, when Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth came into the league, he was something totally different than anyone else had ever seen. So, um, but... You look at his other statistics for the length of his career, and home run Baker is, in my book, a Hall of Famer for the consistency that he had and the explosion, actually, of his other statistics. He hit the ball, actually, really well. He was a three oh seven lifetime hitter. So, 
Yeah, you can't compare compare players from different eras because mm-hmm. the pace of play, the style of play, was a lot different. A- absolutely. Well, it, and you know, it's funny when I made this list. If you look at the top twenty guys in home run totals, let me th- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, probably about ten. Yeah, about 10 of them. About half of them played in the last, like, 25, 30 years. And that just shows you, like, what a different place we are in at in baseball that, like, we hit so many more home runs nowadays. And, like, there's so much power behind the bat nowadays, especially when this last, you know, like I said, 30 years. So you're absolutely right. It, it's hard to – you can't compare uh, – you have to look at, like, the most recent guys. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, so like you said, uh, Harmon Kilbrew is actually really funny – as far as average hits and war, uh, Harmon Kilbrew was the lowest of the low on every single one of them, which which was funny to me when I did this. So, like, out of all the Hall of Fame guys, he had the lowest amount of hits, which is 2,086 hits. His war was 60.4 for his career, which out of the Hall of Fame guys was also the lowest. So, to me, I kind of looked at Harmon Kilbrew and was like, all right, well, like, he won one MVP. He was a 13-time All-Star, batted two fifty six. 573 home runs, whatever. That's like, I guess, more or less the bare minimum, you know? Like, you can hit 256 for your career and still be a Hall of Famer and only have 2,000 hits if you hit that many home runs, if you have that many All-Stars, and if you win an MVP. And I think that that means a lot, too, is, guys, that if you can win an MVP award, which is really hard to do in baseball, like, that counts for something. Yeah. So do you think if you didn't win an MVP, that should be knocked docked against you um no i don't think it's a detriment but i think it helps so it's not something okay. that hurts Because i was you. gonna bring up like Derek jeter who's obviously gonna be a hall of famer never won an mvp award right of course and that's a great example you know of somebody who yeah never won an mvp there's actually quite a few guys that have never won mvps and that are great all-time players that should be in but a guy like Harmon killabrew right or or a guy like I don't I don't know most of the guys that are really solid and won MVPs. I just think the MVP helps. It can only Jim help. Jim Tomey, it, that's one. Yeah, I was just thinking of that. Right, Jim Tomey, right. I think was one. Jim Tomey never won a, a won an MVP. He still made it in. You know, um, there's quite a few guys on this list that didn't win MVPs. It just kind of gives you the extra oomph if the rest of your stats because like 256 is not very good. 2,000 hits is not right. very good. Yeah. The average hits for all of these guys was like uh, 2,600 something, like 2,633 right about for Hall of Fame guys. So he's well below average, obviously. But, you know, the MVP, I think, kind of kind of helps that a little bit. So I thought that was interesting. Um, of, of the guys that aren't left off, that aren't linked to steroids, we basically have Big Poppy. And Pujols, but I guess Pujols will get in. And Poppy will get in. I guess he's only been retired, what, like two years? This is his second season he hasn't played? I think so, yeah. I think that's correct. So, I mean, he he will get in. I mean, he had 541 home runs. He batted 286 for his career, 2,400 hits. I think it's going to be a harder road for Poppy to get in. Not because of, you know, how good of a player that he was. It's that people have a problem putting a DH in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Edgar Martinez, is, he's not in, right? And 
known for being a designated hitter, a great offensive player, but people don't want to put him in because he was purely just a hitter. He had no defensive value, really. Yeah. So I think think that's what's going to really... I think Poppy's going to have a harder time getting in than a lot of people think because he had no defensive value. He was a defensive... He was a purely a hitter. He was only for offense. Right. Well, and and, uh, I I don't think he's going to be first ballot on... But when you compare Poppy to Edgar, like he, Poppy has better stats, he, he hit more home runs, so like he has that on a on a on some of the other you know pure hitter or like a Fred McGriff, you know, when you're comparing those kind of guys, like oh, that's you know, a tragedy that he's not in. And like Poppy has better stats, and so as far as home runs go, I think he'll get in still. But I, I he, he's not going to be a first ballot kind of guy. But yeah. you hit that many home runs, I, I think you're going to get in, especially because I mean he. The rest of his batting stats are good. Yes, defensively, he wasn't as solid. Um, and that was another thing, too, that I tracked throughout this, is a lot of the guys um, that didn't have as good as stats also had a lot of gold gloves. And so I think your defensive capability can compensate for a slightly worse offense than somebody else on this list. Um or like a different war, because like, for example, Griffey, I mean, obviously Griffey hit 630 home runs, but he also had 10 gold gloves. And his war was a little lower than the guys around him. His 284 batting average is lower than the average. But I think that 10 gold gloves gives shows more of a complete player and gives you more to your profile. So, Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, th- I think the defensive value, you can look at Ozzie Smith and make the perfect argument that the defense does make a difference. I mean, mm-hmm. he had it, it, it cuz since we've been talking about average and homers to start this and I think that that has that's only just a very little bit to do with whether you not whether you get into the Hall of Fame or not. He had of 28 course. career homers and hit 262 for his career, but he was so valuable defensively that he got into the Hall. Yeah. Yeah, well, and and then, and then and players will get in for different things too. I mean, when I was making this list, I was purely looking at power hitters, right? Because the conversation was talking about Aaron Judge and you know the fact that he could probably hit 600 home runs in his career if he obviously keeps up the pace that he is currently on. So then it's like, all right, if this guy gets that total, like how bad of a hitter can he still be and still get in? You know what I mean? Um, and like you said, guys get in for different things. Some guys get in because they're good defenders and like defensively, that's their strength. And so they're going to make the hall of fame because of that. Um, real quick. I just wanted to, uh, I pointed, I, 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 I guess looked at a few guys who are active players who are the closest to reaching the 500 club. And that would be Adrian Beltre and Miguel Cabrera. Uh, Beltre right now is sitting at 464. Uh, he's batted 287 for his career. He has over 3,000 hits uh, and a WAR of 94.0. He's got five Gold Gloves and four All Star appearances. So as far as like All Star appearances, he's pretty low. Four All Stars is not a lot when you look at some of the guys uh, in this 500 club who made the Hall of Fame. But the 3,000 hits is super solid, and I want to get to that in a little bit. Um, but that's one guy who could potentially break this 500 mark. Uh, the other guy's Miguel Cabrera. Cabrera's younger. He's played three less seasons. He's more likely than Beltre to, to get there. He's also still playing at a pretty good high level. Um, he's sitting at 465 right now. His batting average for his career is 316. 
Uh, he has 2,676 hits, uh, two MVPs, 11 All-Stars appearances, and a Triple Crown, uh, which is cool because Triple Crowns are rare. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is obviously, even if he retired right now, to me, he's a lock for the Hall of Fame. Um, but he's the guy that we'll most likely see in the next few years uh, past that 500 home run threshold. So what, what do you think of those two as far as like Hall of Fame candidacy? Are they both locks? Is one of them a lock? I think I think both of them are locks because I think they were some of the best players in their era at their position. Um, the numbers, the numbers make a difference. Like, don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that the numbers don't matter. They do matter, but I also think that you really have to look at what their what their value was to their team and to the rest of the league at the time they were playing. Um, mm-hmm. Because. Beltre and Cabrera are pieces that are, I think in Cabrera and definitely in his prime was a place was a person was a player that if you lost him on your roster he wasn't really replaceable, um, just because he added so much and I think Beltre at one point in his, in his career was the same way so uh-huh. um, I think you really ha- there are so many other things other than numbers that go that go into it um, and but for the sake of numbers um, I I think they're gonna get in. What what would you say is your minimum requirement? Like, if you had to throw a number out, because I have some numbers here I'm going to read you, and I want you to tell me if you think he gets in or not. Okay. Um, what do you think your minimum requirement is for a batting average, for career home runs, for hits? And I know it's totally subjective, but um, um, what what would you say your requirements are if well, you had to give the numbers? For hits, I think you have to have at least 2,000 hits. Uh, I don't think there's many guys in the Hall of Fame that have less than that. Um, because one, not only does that show skill, but also longevity, that you had a lengthy career, that you could get to that high of a number. Um, and then I think batting average and home runs coincide, and I think they're dependent on another. If you bat 300 and you have 100 home runs because you were a hits guy, then like that's okay. That would work. Or if you bat... 256 like Harmon Killebrew, but you have 570 home runs, then that works too. Uh, so I think those both kind of depend on each other. I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you, you can't bat 256 and have a hundred home runs and make the hall of fame, obviously. Uh, but I think you could have a lower batting average if your home run total and your hits total are higher. So, okay. All right. That's cool. Um, because here's, I want you to tell me if this guy gets in or not. He has okay. a 302 batting average. 223 career homers. 2415 career hits. 1227 RBIs, 227 stolen bases, 376 on-base percentage and 465 slugging. Um probably we bat 300 had how many hits? 2400? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say yeah. Okay. Because that wasn't a player at all. That was the average in the Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Let's see yeah. That. Interesting. So so that's that's actually statistically. So there's obviously players below average at those numbers that are right. in. Um, I threw Ozzie Smith out there. I th- would throw Barry Larkin into that conversation mm-hmm. as well. Um, Another one, uh, Ernie Lombardi is another one that you can throw in that conversation of guys that were below those numbers, but that had value other places. And I think 
that's something that's way overlooked in the Hall of Fame as everyone focuses in on the numbers and no one focuses on the value at other positions, at other places when evaluating whether they get in or not. Absolutely. Well, and I think that goes back to kind of what I was saying earlier about narrative. Like, what was your story? Like, like you said about Beltre and Cabrera, like those guys were some of the best guys at their position in their era. And that means something. Whether your numbers are as good as another era is irrelevant. If you were the best player at your position in an era, then like you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame as long as as well as the guys from your era. You know what I mean? Um, right. And and I think a guy like Beltre is a great example. Like, only had four all-star appearances. But, obviously, he's played at such a sustained level over his career that he's hit a level of 464 home runs, which is solid. He's hit 3,000 hits, which has only been done by 31 other players. So, clearly, he's been one of the more consistent and better players of his last 20 years in the league. And so, though his numbers don't compare as well, I guess, to others when you talk about the narrative and you talk about how well a player was or how good a player was in their time, I think that matters too. Um, Real quick, I want to transition to talking about hits a little bit and get into the stats. And then I want to give it over to you. Um, But I, I want to mention, so I kind of went through the list of active players and just pinpointed a few young guys that could be on pace to join the 500 home run club. Uh, Obviously. And so I looked at guys that were under 30 years old, and had less than 10 seasons. And there weren't many guys that were around that threshold. Most were below it. Uh, but the first one, and the most obvious one, is Giancarlo Stanton, who has 282 home runs uh, through nine seasons of play, and he's only 28. Uh, most of the guys, like uh, Beltre's in the 21st season, Cabrera's in his 18th season, most of the guys are right about 18 seasons, at least 16, if not 20 seasons till they hit the 500 club. Uh, so basically if you have less than 10 seasons, if you double that, then you're at 20 and then we can kind of look at where you're at, you know? So Giancarlo Stanton's clearly on pace at 282. Uh, Mike Trout has only played eight seasons and he's also only 26. So he's younger and he has 220. Uh, Freddie Freeman was an interesting one. 178. Uh, he's 28. So he's still pretty young and he's only played nine seasons. So he could probably play another 10. Um, Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo has 176. He's 28 through eight seasons. Uh, Bryce Harper's at 169, and he's played seven seasons, but he's only 25 years old. And the same with Manny Machado, who has 156. Again, he's only 25 years old, and he's only played seven seasons. And obviously, a lot of this is dependent on how well they keep this up if they continue at this pace that they're playing at. Uh, But these are some guys who, if they continue to play the way that they are right now as they're young, they have the potential of getting there. I think the most obvious ones are uh, Stanton and Trout. Um, but I think a guy like Harper and even Machado, they continue at this pace, could probably uh, get there if not get close. Any thoughts on those? No. Sounds all accurate, to me at least. So. If you had to put money on one of those guys, who would it be? Just one? Yeah, just one. Like you got, you got money to be able to put on one of them. Oh, <clears throat> Probably Trout. Yeah. Um, his durability is unreal. I mean, so I think I think I could see him having the longest career out of any of those people as well. So yeah. Um, well, yeah. and that's me, and that's meaningful too because the longer you play, the you know more you can accrue. You know, as far as stats yeah. go and and 
the 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 more longevity I guess you show. So when when I was doing the home run list, I, I started thinking about three thousand hits because there weren't many players uh, in the five hundred club that also had three thousand hits. There were some, but there weren't like a whole lot, right? So I I went found the three thousand hit club and there's thirty two players in it. Every single one of them that's not a current player has made the Hall of Fame, with the exception to the steroid era players, uh, a la era, like A-Rod and Palmero. But uh, I thought this was an interesting case because, for me, I look at Adrian Beltre, for example, right? And compared to, like, a guy like Miguel Cabrera, he's not nearly as good. Like, they, they, they have very similar stats. Uh, home run-wise, they're, they're, they're right about the same. Uh, but Beltre's hitting 30 points less on his batting average. Uh, Cabrera has two MVPs and 11 all-star appearances, and Adrian Beltre has four all-star appearances and, like, five gold gloves. So I, if you just looked at that, you would think Miguel Cabrera, Cabrera is, one, a whole lot better of a player, but also more of a lock. But what Beltre has is 3,000 hits, and that's why I was curious to look at this list and the fact that anyone who's gotten 3,000 hits that wasn't linked to steroids has made the Hall of Fame. And that really solidified for me the fact that, like, Beltre is a lock in the Hall of Fame because there are guys on this list of, of all kinds of different things, um, you know, that, that didn't hit that many home runs. Ichiro's obviously on this list. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, I looked at guys, because Beltre might not hit 500 home runs, He's like 35 away, but he's kind of at the, I mean, he's played 21 seasons. He's really at the tail end of it. He might not get there. So I took on this list, there's five guys on this list that had 400 or under 500, but over 400 home runs and 3000 hits. And all five of them made the hall of fame. Uh, so that showed to me that, okay, well, Beltre doesn't even hit 500. He's still good. But those were Stan Muse, Muse, how do you say Stan Musile, Musil? Musual. Musual. Yep. Is that right? Okay. Oh, yeah, Stand so he usual. was in there. He also won three MVPs and went to 24 All-Star games, but whatever. That that helps. Uh, Dave Winfield, Carl Yastrzemski. Is that how you say that? Yep. Yes. Yastrzemski. Cal Ripken. And then uh, K-Line, Al K-Line, had 399, but I counted him in this little thing because, you know, 399 is basically 400. Uh, and so... Basically, that showed to me that, okay, I think Beltre is good. He has over 450 home runs. He's got 3,000 hits, probably a lock. But I thought, to me, based on these stats, that when I was looking at home runs or hits, to have 3,000 hits meant more of a sure thing based on the research and the stats than 500 home runs. Because there are guys that aren't linked to steroids that are on the 500 hit or 500 home run club and might not make the hall of fame, but basically anybody who hit 3000 hits and wasn't linked to steroids was a lock. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, 3000 is one of those sacred numbers. There's certain numbers in baseball that are sacred and 3000 is one of them. Um, it's because it's, and it's because it's such an exclusive club. So I think, yeah, if you get to 3000 and you do it clean, then you're almost a lock. Mm-hmm. To me, at least. Um, but there's guys, and like I said, just because you don't reach 3,000 hits or you don't hit a certain number of home runs doesn't mean you're not getting in. Right, so, of course. Um, 
Yeah, three thousand it makes you a lock, but that doesn't mean that if you don't get three thousand, you're not getting in. For sure, for sure. Um, I, I did want to throw these these few names out. So I was looking at current players that have a chance to hit three thousand. Uh, the only one that really, in my opinion, had a chance, and this was surprising to me, is uh, Nick Markakis. So Nick Markakis is sitting at twenty one or yeah, two thousand one hundred thirty seven hits. He's 34 years old, and he's played 13 seasons. Now, most of the guys that got to 3,000 hits were right about, uh, at the minimum, their 16th season, and at the maximum, their 18th to 20th season, right? So I looked at Nick Markakis' stats, because he needs about 900 hits more. He averages for his career 180 hits a year, but the last two years in particular, he's kind of hit a decline and gone down to about 160. So I said, cool, what if he hits 160 for the next three years, right? If he gets to 160 for the next three years, that and at year 16 of his career, he will be at 2,600. And then if he continues to hit 160 for the next two years, so five years from now, he'll be at 2,937. So if Nick Markakis can play five years at the same level he is right now, he could get the 3,000 hits, which is crazy. I never would have thought him. Like, I don't, where, I don't know. Where would he be? Where he would he be at, what, his 20th season? Is that what you said? No, at 18. So he's played 13 at, seasons. At his 18th season, if he stays at the rate that he is, he's going to be at 2,900. Okay. Let's, so let's compare to where this is at to, like, to current Hall of Famers. Okay. Uh-huh. That would put him in the same conversation, hits-wise, as Babe Ruth, Mel Ott, Al Simmons, and Rogers Hornsby. Man. Just let that sink in a little bit. Right. <laughs> Nick Markakis, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's so random. <laughs> and I mean, I, that's, that's the consistency part of it that I think people have to think about. Absolutely. Is over a long period of time, Nick Markakis was a good player that never got any recognition. Right. I mean, I think I, I think I said last week when I was with you, I was like, Nick Markakis is still around? Like, I had no idea because he's so under the radar. Um, but yeah, he, that put him in the same conversation hits-wise as Rogers Hornsby, who played 23 seasons and hit 358 for his career. Mm-hmm. You're going to put him in the same conversation as Rogers Hornsby? Now... Personally, I don't compare the two because I think Hornsby, for his time, was a much better player than Markakis is for his time. Right, right, of course. But they have a comparable stat, and that's hits. And so do you put him in that conversation? And that's where it gets really interesting. Yeah, well, it's you know it's interesting. You look at, like, accolades, and, like, that doesn't mean, like, a whole, whole lot, but I think it does count. And, like, Nick Markakis has, like, two gold gloves, and that's it. Like, he, he's never been to an all-star game. Um, and I think that just, like, goes back to what you were talking about and the consistency of a career that he's obviously been able to sustain this over his whole career. And if he continues at this pace, he could get to that level of 3,000 hits and probably be make himself a Hall of Famer despite not being, I guess, notable at any one point in his career, if that makes any sense. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. No, it definitely does. I think... Um popularity plays too much of a role sometimes. Um, yeah. And guys get overlooked. Um, I think that's why Alan Trammell took so long to get in. Um, he that's got a, in on, Yeah, that's on, a great on, example. So, um, yeah, I think popularity plays a role, and I think it plays too much of a role. But um, 
yeah, the consistency and the consistency plays a big role. Absolutely, absolutely. I just wanted to mention. Um, so just like I did with Hall, uh, with the home runs, I kind of went through a list of current players, kind of picked out guys that I think have the best shot of getting to that level, that three thousand hits. Um, and the two that I picked out, one was Jose Altuve. He's sitting at uh, just over thirteen hundred hits, and he's twenty eight, and he's played eight seasons. And then Starlin Castro is at thirteen hundred fifty hits. Uh, he's twenty eight, and he's played nine seasons. So those are two guys, especially Altuve, I think, uh, that have the potential of of pushing and continuing their careers on the path to get to three thousand hits. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of these stats, the 500 club, 3,000 hits, those are just a testament to just longevity and guys being able to extend a career, a, a play, a really good career to 16, 18, 20 seasons. Um, and I think that's what where the value comes in those numbers, not in the numbers themselves, but what it meant. The, the, the fact that a, a guy had to have a long, successful career like that to even get to that point. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, those me are my too. numbers. Um, <laughs> so, of the people that aren't in right now that you think are getting snubbed, is there anyone you think that should be in? Because I wrote down a um, few, but I, I I want you to I, I want to hear who you have. To me, some of the the steroid guys I think should be in, and that's a whole different conversation. So I don't really want to get into that. Um, but as far as like non steroid guys, I don't really know. Um, not off the top of my head. So I, I wanna, I'm curious to hear you have on your list. The first one I had written down was Kurt Schilling. Um, one of the great pitchers of his era. Um, 216 career wins. Career 3-4-6 ERA. Over 3,000 strikeouts. Um, and he's just been overlooked. And I think, unfortunately, what it is is his political views are a little bit more extreme. Um and things have gotten a little bit more political because he's also one of those guys that just says what's on his mind uh-huh. and doesn't have much of a filter. And I think that's counted against him, which is unfortunate because um, that should, I mean, honestly, I don't think that should count against you because there's plenty of bad guys that weren't great people that are in the Hall of Fame right now. Right. Um, well, we, and we talked about that when we talked to Pete Rose and gambling, you know, that, and that same point that like, the morality of the Hall of Fame shouldn't it shouldn't exist per se. I, I think there's a a level of morality. Like shouldn't let murderers in any Hall of Fame. But like, yeah. and I mean, and he hasn't yeah. even really done anything immoral. He just right. says right. things. He just says what's what's on his mind. So, um, yeah, he had two three hundred strike or three excuse me three hundred strikeout seasons. Um, he actually has the best. Strikeout to walk ratio in baseball history, at four really four point four to one. Um, wow! So, and he keeps where does he stumped. where does he compare to his like peers, his contemporaries? As far as like statistically, does he line up pretty much with everybody else from his era? I mean, yeah, for his era, two sixteen is a good win total. Um, his ERA is about on par. Remember, he pitched through the steroid era, so. Um. For your ERA to be that low, where ERAs were higher than they had ever been, um, yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't even consider why he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. Um, you never want to Cy Young, which I guess is 
kind of works against them. But again, the the awards, the All Stars, the Cy Youngs, they don't matter to me. So yeah, I had I had Kurt Schilling, and then I also had Mike Messina, which I think is way overlooked. He's the only pitcher to pitch his entire career in the NL East. Played in Baltimore, New York. Yeah, in Baltimore, New York. Um, so he pitched his entire career in the AL East. AL East, well known for having hitters parks in. Over 60% of his starts were in Camden Yards, Yankee Stadium, and Fenway Park. I mean, huh. notable hitters parks. And even through all that, he still had a 360 ERA, 270 career wins. Wow. And misses the cut every time. And he's one, He's kind of like that Nick Markakis argument. He's so overlooked because there's a lot of really good pitchers, even in the steroid era. Um, right. So, yeah, I had Mike Messina written down. I also had Fred McGriff, which I think is just a tragedy because people constantly are talking about how Sheffield needs to get Sheffield needs to get in, but he's in the Mitchell report, so he probably won't get in. And Fred McGriff has like 16 fewer home runs, and his stats are comparable, if not better, than Sheffield's, and he's still not in. Um, and yeah. then I wrote down Jeff Kent also, who was known yes, for Jeff his Kent bat. should be. Yeah, known for his bat, not great defensively. Um, but most home runs of any second baseman in baseball history. So yeah, he he's he's probably the best hitting second baseman of all time. I I you can make an argument of you know I guess best ever. But as far as a guy a hitter a hitting second baseman as a batter, he's he's probably the best. Um, and I think Kent to to me Kent is is very similar to like Mike Piazza. Um, in that, like, Piazza was the best, like, offensive catcher, like, ever. And, like, that was enough to get him in. And I think Jeff Kent will get in. And because of that, you know, just being the best hitter at his position, you know, probably ever. Or at least, you know, close, so. Yeah, and the longevity. I mean, he played from 24 to age 40. And he was still semi... He was still fairly productive at age 40. So... Should have been in a long time ago, to or to me at least. But right. well, I guess yeah, he's yeah. No. well, maybe not first ballot, but and he did win an MVP award. Everyone forgets about that. He did. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. in two thousand with the Giants, he won an MVP award. Huh. There you go. Uh, real quick, do you know when did they when did they elect the Hall of Fame? Do you know, like what what time of year? Oh. Uh... I don't know. I'm gonna look up 2018 baseball hall because I'm I'm wondering if they did it already and they have the guys for this year. I they think do so. have. Oh, I yeah, do know who this got is it. the year of Chipper Jones and who else? Vlad Guerrero. Oh, and Trevor Hoffman and Jim Tomey. That's right. Yeah, because yeah. it's those four: Chipper, four. Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomey, Trevor Trevor Hoffman. Which and is great. Jack, and and I, then I, also Alan Trammell and Jack Morris. Right as the uh, the older. The yeah. past, I don't know what they call it, but past players that, that get uh, another chance. I, I Vlad Guerrero, I think, is a great example of a guy who, like, he didn't hit 500 home runs, but, like, he was dominant in his prime. Like, he was one of the best, if not the best hitter in his prime. Uh, he was, well, yeah, and, and I think part of that, too, was because he was such a great bad ball hitter. I mean, he hit more bad pitches than anyone I've ever seen. He had that one clip of what, it bounced, like, three feet in the front of the plate he swings at it and pokes it into like a texas leaguer in the left center i mean he's a great bad ball hitter not just a great hitter but a great bad ball hitter as well yeah absolutely i'm just looking at this voting results uh so 
obviously you have those four. Edgar Martinez was sitting at seventy percent. I think he gets in. I, I don't think there's a. He is sitting at seventy percent. He's right there, and Messina is at sixty three. So those are two guys that were sitting right there. Clemens and Bonds each had over fifty five percent of the votes. I think so, the argument's getting bigger and bigger for them to be in. I think. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I don't think that these guys are going to be left out forever. I And maybe they don't. I think guys like Bonds and Clemens maybe get in before some of the other guys. Be, like and, and A-Rod, too. I think A-Rod will get in. Uh, over guys like Sosa, McGuire, and, you know, Sheffield and Manny. Um but I think when time passes and with the way they do the Hall of Fame now of you being able to get left off the ballot and then years later get reconsidered, I think a lot of guys are going to get in later, like Sosa and Maguire will get in way later. And once the because, I mean, this the steroid era stuff, this is very recent. This is this is recent history. Yeah. So there's still a lot of ill feeling to it. There's still a lot of unsurety, I think, as well, as far as, like, how do we handle this? How how do we accept this? Um, and I think as time passes, people will just recognize that it, it was what it was, and this was still the era. And if you take steroids out of the question, like, for example, Bonds would have been a Hall of Famer before steroids. If you take steroids out of the question for a lot of these guys, they're probably still Hall of Famers. Did and you just say the word unsurety? What? Did you say the word unsurety? Probably. Yeah. Guess we better add that one to the dictionary. Yeah, please, please add that, guys. Uncertainty, my friend. Well, unsurety is now a word, so how about you just accept that, Mitch? Well, I'm unsurety that it's not a word, so... (laughs) Well, no, you just used it wrong. You would say I'm unsure. Okay, it's, come not, on. it's not a word. If you're gonna use if you're gonna use my made up word, please use it correctly, Mitch. Oh, um, <laughs> anywho, um, yeah, I just like right now. I think it's hard for people to vote them in, but I, I, I expect that a lot of these guys will get in in like twenty fifteen years from now, as we look back on this era and kind of just accept it for what it was. Yeah, I, I. I think as time goes on, people are going to soften up to it. I don't know that guys... I The best case that I can make for a guy that took steroids is... I, if you really want to dock that against them, look at the career before they took start started taking steroids. Um, right. And there are guys like, like Bonds and Clemens who had Hall of Fame careers before they started taking roids. Um, I don't right. know if you can make the same case for Sosa or Palmero. I don't know if you can. Um yeah, I know you can't make that case for Canseco because he was kind of the he was kind of the godfather of the steroid era. Like, right? He's the guy who introduced McGuire to it. So, mm-hmm. I I think there's guys you can make cases for and guys that you can't. And but I do think Bonds and Clemens are the easiest to make an argument for, and I do think that they'll eventually be in. It may be towards the end of their elig- eligibility. Unless they pick up what was like, they got to still get 20 points or 20% more voting for them to be in. Yeah. It's only a matter of time really for those two. I don't know if you can make the same case for the other ones though. Yeah. And that's what I say. Like, I think, um, that you're going to have, like, I think Clemens and Bonds will get in in the next few years, but I think a lot of the other guys, if they're shot, if they do have a shot, it's going to be later in their career. I'm just looking right now at any, like, who are the new guys 
on this 2019 ballot that would possibly take votes away from Bonds or Clemens getting in. Um, and the biggest name that I see, Mariano Rivera is one. Yeah, but he's he's a lock, though. Right. So that's what I mean. Like, he's going to steal. Well, I guess they don't steal votes because they get, don't they get, how does it work, their voting? Do you know? Can you explain that? You have to get, I think it's 75% of voting. Right, but, like, do I have to vote for, like, five players, or can I just vote for one if I think that's the only guy that deserves it? Yeah, you Yeah, you can vote just for one guy. All your votes, you can don't I, have to vote for five. I, can I, is there a max? Can I vote for all 30 guys on the ballot if I think all 30 of them are Hall of Famers? Oh, I'm not sure. I don't think all 30 think, of them would be Hall of Famers, though. Right. I, I think there's, like, you can only put five at the most, but you can't. But you could put less than that. You could vote for you. I don't know. I I don't remember how that works. I just I'm I'm asking because if if that's the case, then like a guy like Mariano Rivera isn't going to take votes away from anybody because he was going to be yes on everybody's ballot anyways. Um, but these are just some of the names at the top of this: uh, Mariano Rivera, Roy Halladay, uh, Todd Helton, Andy Pettit, Lance Berkman, Roy Oswalt, uh, Miguel Tejada. So I you know. Not a lot of those guys, I think, are going to really take votes away from guys like Bonds and Clemens. I think Martinez, Messina, Clemens, Bonds, and uh, Rivera sound like pretty sure things to me. Yeah. I think eventually Pettit would be, too. Possibly. Holiday, I think, too. Yeah. Uh, he has under 200 career wins, I think, too. Um, yeah. Which which is, which is gets pitching gets even more interesting because... Um, that's sick. The sacred number in pitching is 300 wins. Um, and that they have to have that 300 wins is like an automatic lock. Um, Holiday is 203. 203. Okay. So he's just over 200. Um, there's only, there's only 77 pitchers in the hall of fame out of the, was it 200 and 257 players that are in the hall of fame. Only 77 of them are pitchers. And of those 77, only 23 have 300 wins. And, we're playing in a game right now where the, no one's ever going to win 300 games anymore. Well, people don't even win. Yeah, people don't win 20 games a year anymore. That's like that's like, like that's, that's like that's 15 is good. Guys. You know, like guys win like 20. Guys win 20. I think guy, but only it's a really select, rare though. A, a select only a select few are capable of doing it, and that's guys like Scherzer and I don't Kershaw. I guess on a really super good year, um, but. 300 wins is just not going to happen anymore the way that people manage their pitchers nowadays. So Yeah, for sure. Um, and guys just aren't pitching as long as they used to. Yeah, I feel you. One of these 300-game um, winners was John Clarkson. I've never heard of him in my life. He only pitched yeah, for 12 years and had 329 wins. I mean, wow. just to put that what in perspective a- <laughs> for you, the, how different it is back then to now. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, absolutely. That That's crazy. That's crazy right there. Interesting. Yeah, there's some interesting. I'm, I'm looking at these these first ballot guys um, that are new on here. Like Todd Helton had over 2,500 hits and 369 home runs. What was his average? 316. That's good. He'll probably get in there with that I many hits. I think so. Tejada is another guy. Tejada had 2,400 hits, 300 home runs, batted 285. I think Tejada's one of those ones, though, that's he's close. 
Yeah, he's close, but like I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. You know what I mean? No, and that's what I'm saying is like I'm even leaning more towards he doesn't get in than he does. Right. Yeah, I, um, I agree with you on that. Just because that production isn't there. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. So we'll see. We'll see. I I think next year might be a good year for either Clemens or Bonds or both to get in. Um, because the only for sure first ballot Hall of Famer on here is uh, Rivera. So there's going to be spots open for Edgar and Messina. How many years do you stay on the ballot till you get kicked? Till you till you're off? Is it ten, fifteen? Because McGriff and Martinez are both in their tenth year, so they're near in the. Uh, the threshold. So the election rules were amended in 2014. So the maximum years of consideration a player can be considered for the Hall of Fame is 10 years. Okay. Yeah. So you're so... on the ballot for 10 years. Now there's some people. So before there was 15, it was 15 years. And the people that were on the, the ballot before that rule change were grandfathered in. So players oh, like, so... so players like Don Mattingly, Alan Trammell, Lee Smith are all eligible for 15 years of consideration. Gotcha. So guys like McGriff and Martinez who are in their 10th year, they could go past that then? Yes, they they can be because they were on the 15 year maximum consideration time. So right beforehand. So McGriff was only sitting at 23% of the votes. I don't think he's uh which sucks. Which sucks. What's the difference between 493 and 500 career homers? What's the difference? I think it's impact. Like, if you, I don't know. Like, I, he was as a big kid, for those I never. Braves teams in the nineties, though, <sighs> when they were yeah, winning just... everything. I mean, they were winning all the games. I mean, yeah, I think that just goes back to like what we were talking about earlier. That like, there's more to it than just the stats. Like, it's the narrative, it's the story, it's the impact. And like, Fred McGriff just isn't a name that impacts me when I think about baseball. He's the you law know? dog, not... Dallin. He's the law it's dog. Not as... It's not that he's a bad player, like, but not everybody could get into the Hall of Fame. And that's where, like, I'm kind of the same way with Sheffield. Like, I lean more towards Sheffield than McGriff, but, like, Sheffield isn't a name that, like, impacts me when I think about baseball, despite the fact that he has 500 home runs. Like, it's, like, Big Poppy is. Like, Big Poppy, like, David Ortiz was huge. Well, you know why Sheffield doesn't impact you that same way is because he played for, like, nine different teams. Well, and that, Poppy that's played part for of two. It. He paid for two teams, the Twins and but, the Red Sox. But, right, but the thing is, is like I said, like I don't know, Poppy. That that's a more impactful name. Like that to me, that has more power and more impact on the game than like guys like Fred McGriff or uh, what's his face? Who did I just say Gary Sheffield or like a guy like on this year's ballot, like Todd Helton. Like Todd Helton was a solid player, like super solid player, but like. Was he a guy that, like, was really that impactful during his era? And I think that's what a lot of this comes down to is, like, stats are stats, but, like... I think to like his who, team he was. The Rockies didn't have Todd Helton. No one would know who the hell the Colorado Rockies were. Well, of course. I mean, all of these guys contributed to their team, and especially the narrative, if they played for a team that wasn't that good, but they really were, like, like, like a Todd Helton, the best player on it. But I don't know. I, I but think guys there's, like that there's get a lot. In. Guys like that get in, though, because Alan Trammell did. And you can make the same argument for him. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a fact, and like, and that's like you said earlier in this conversation. There's so much that goes into this that there, there's no right or wrong answer as far as who gets in and who doesn't. I think that's what makes this conversation so interesting and so fun. Is that 
we like it's based on people who vote and it's based on who they think deserves to be in and there's only a certain amount of players that get in and you can have a great career and not get in you could have i think i think everybody that gets in had a great career but there are people that get left out and that's i think just i guess part of it i don't know it's interesting so yeah i got i mean do you have anything else on the hall of fame mitch i don't i don't um like i said this conversation is one that just need this needs to like happen organically. You can't really script it. You kind of just have to go through because there's so much that goes into it. So, um, no, but that was fun. That was a good conversation. I think. Yeah, and you know it, it is. It is fascinating. Um, and like I said earlier, every sport league is different. I think you can look at the NBA and the NFL and uh, the MLB, and they have different like kind of feels to how they kind of put I put together their hall of fame i guess um but it is it was fun to look at all these these numbers these stats and think about players that are in and players that aren't um and kind of just try to figure out why it is and if there's a pattern i think what it comes down to is there is a certain requirement to an extent but past that there are a lot of guys that pass that requirement and still don't get in and that's where it comes to narrative and story and impact outside of just the stats that 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 is it my friends so mitch mitch this has been fun yeah this this is very fun fun. kind of a different type of episode but yeah i like doing nerdy research honestly i think it was i think Uh, in a good in a good way yeah hopefully you guys enjoyed it if you don't leave a comment and let us know (laughs) i'm just kidding um but yeah, I mean, we uh, we'll be we'll be back next week with another episode talking about who knows what. Oh, I know what we'll be talking about, Mitch. Next week is the draft. The NBA draft is the twenty first, and that okay. is next Thursday. So so next week, uh, at least in part of this this next episode, we'll be talking a little NBA draft, a little preview, uh, some teams, some players we're looking at. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, I saw today that Luka Doncic has confirmed that he's not going to withdraw from the draft, a la he's staying in the draft. Because there was speculation that he was going to withdraw and continue to play professionally for another year or two. But he's coming into the draft. He's eligible. So Sacramento's yeah. got their pick. You know, it looks like, and I will talk about this next week, but it looks like DeAndre Ayton is pretty much the lock for the number one pick. The Suns really like him. He seems like he's the guy. So Kings sitting at number two could be looking at a guy like him, like Bagley, like Mo Bamba. We'll we'll talk about this next week, but there's there's some options there. I hope they get Doncic uh, personally for them, for their sake. But there's some interesting pieces, so uh, we'll talk about that. So, again, like Mitch said in the beginning of the podcast, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a comment. We appreciate the support and the sharing that you guys do to your friends of this podcast. I said that sentence really weird, but <laughs> it made yeah, sense did. in the end. I did. It was like, I, I, I pieced that together very odd. Uh, anywho, follow us on Twitter at sports hour guys, Instagram at the sports hour guys. Uh, let us know if you have any suggestions, things like this or things that we talked about last week, just little, I guess, topics that you think about weird sports stats or uh, trends that you think about that you're curious on our uh, uh, 
curious about and want to know our opinion on, please let us know because this kind of stuff is fun. And Mitch and I are more than willing to dive into some research to to understand things. That's right. So. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. (laughs) Sorry. That was an awkward pause. (laughs) I don't know why. Oh, man. That was funny. Go ahead. Sorry. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Yeah, bye. See you.